Okay. <laughs> About 20 years ago, here at Nativity, we struck out on a different path because we believed that what we were doing wasn't working. Just for the record, we were right. The typical game plan for parishes wasn't working for us. Little did we know, it wasn't really working anywhere for anyone, but that's jumping ahead in the story. So we set out to develop a deliberately different culture and way of doing church. As a result, not immediately and certainly not easily, but eventually and with effort, we saw God's blessing in terms of health and growth. Over the next six weeks, we're going to look at some essential elements of our culture, what we value as a parish. We're going to look at important values that we think are vital for growing Christ followers and growing a healthy church family. These are elements we either put a little more emphasis on than perhaps other Catholic parishes do, or things we think have been lost in Catholic culture and need to be restored. We decided to do this series at this time because we're meeting many new families and individuals joining us here on Ridgely Road or online, having started attending online during COVID. We think this series will be helpful for them. For members who have been with us for a while, we hope this series will be a welcome refresher, bringing perhaps some new insights on why we do what we do, the why behind the what. Just the concept of a message series as a way of approaching the traditional homily or sermon can seem strange. It's a concept found in most evangelical churches and is a best practice of just about every growing healthy church we know. But it's not found in many Catholic parishes. We use series because they help us unify our message and by extension, our whole church. We like to say one church, one message. Series allow us to grow together in a focused direction and we found them to be helpful in going deeper in Scripture, which is what we'll be talking about today. But before getting to that main topic, however, I do want to clarify one other point. Beyond the ubiquitous question from newcomers, is this a Catholic church? Which can be a compliment or an insult, depending upon the tone in which it's asked. There always looms another question, and it's this. How do they get away with that? <laughs> the culture of the place, the experience of the place, the look of the place, we look so different. How can it be? Well, sometimes behind that question is a cynical view that if we're so successful in a period when many parishes are not enjoying success, then we must be doing something wrong. We must be breaking the rules in some way. We describe our approach to parish life as dynamic orthodoxy. That's a term that we stole, I mean borrowed, from another Catholic organization, Franciscan University in Steubenville. If truth be told, actually, much of what we do has been stolen, borrowed from what we see working elsewhere. It just makes sense. As my friend Bob likes to say, 
just rip them off and send them a fruit basket. I mean, we're on the same team, right? In any case, we remain committed to the Orthodox Roman Catholic faith. We honor the tradition and 2,000-year history of our church, and neither do we break or bend liturgical rubrics, sacramental rules, or canon law. At the same time, we strive for a dynamism, a freshness that speaks to our generation, a creativity that engages our community. God is always doing something new. The Bible tells us, sing a new song to the Lord. God is always doing new things because God is dynamic, and yet God never changes in his essence. Same for us, the truth of our faith. That doesn't change, but our methods for how we communicate it and how we celebrate it must change. The church is traditionally called Nova et Vetera, new and old, ever the same, always changing. Today we're going to look at our emphasis on Scripture. Every Catholic church, of course, reads Scripture at Mass from the lectionary. That's this big old red book that you see up here. The lectionary is just the Bible broken up into different themes for each day of the year over a three-year cycle. But it's probably not an overstatement to say, as a parish, we put special emphasis, additional emphasis on Scripture. The message series we do are always meant to lead you to encounter God in His Word. We mine Scripture to uncover topics and explore themes that hopefully are relevant to you, that meet your felt needs, that speak to your concerns and struggles. Then, through our preaching and teaching here in big church on the weekend, and in our small group discussions during the week, we look to connect the dots between those felt needs and concerns and what God has to say. Most weekends, our Time Travelers program, that's our children's liturgy of the Word that's going on right now in the theater, explores the same scripture in age-appropriate ways, so families can discuss the same message together at home. In today's second reading, St. Paul discusses the importance of Scripture in his second letter to Timothy. Timothy was Paul's disciple and successor, and in his two letters to him late in life serve as a kind of spiritual will and testament for Paul. The second letter to Timothy has special weight because it was written in 67 AD, shortly before Paul's death. Paul wrote the letter from his prison cell in Rome. Paul knows he doesn't have much time left, but his main concern isn't himself. It's Timothy, empowering Timothy to be the next generation leader, giving him the tools and insight he needs to succeed. And so at one point, Paul writes to Timothy, remain in the faithful to what you have learned and believed, because you know from whom you learned it. Paul encourages Timothy to remain faithful to his Christian faith, and he offers two guideposts on how to remain faithful. First, the personal witness of other Christians. These included Timothy's mother and grandmother who had raised him in the faith. It also included Paul himself, 
whom Timothy had seen suffer persecution for preaching the gospel. We need the personal witness of others to encourage us in our faith. It's why we honor the saints who have gone before us, why having small groups or what we like to say is friends in faith, why they're so helpful so that we can learn from others who are trying to do what we're trying to do or maybe are a few steps ahead of us on the discipleship path. The second guidepost is Scripture. Paul says to Timothy, you have known the sacred Scripture, which are capable of giving you wisdom for salvation. Scripture is capable for giving wisdom, but we have to know it, which means spending time with it. The potential is there. It's waiting to be tapped. There's nothing wrong with just listening to Scripture and letting it wash over you, as is sometimes the case here at Mass. But Scripture gives us wisdom when we get to know it, when we spend time with it. And Paul says it gives us wisdom for a purpose, salvation. When we hear that word salvation, you might not even know what it means, or maybe you think it means getting to heaven when you die. And salvation certainly means going to heaven, but it means much more than that too. Salvation is about being healed and made whole, living a life of purpose, becoming who God has created us to be. We reflect on Scripture, we spend time with it and what it means for our lives, and we receive God's saving grace to heal us and make us whole. Paul goes on, all Scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching, refutation, correction, and training. All Scripture is inspired by God. The phrase in the original Greek is God breathed. God breathed. There are actually two authors to every book in the Bible. There's the human author and then the divine author. But the writers in Scripture didn't go into some kind of trance in which Scripture was dictated to them by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit inspired them for sure, but they wrote in their own unique voice with their own distinct perspective in their culture, in their period of history. That's why the Bible is a collection of very different books, which admittedly can, can make it sometimes difficult to approach. And yet, Paul tells us they're helpful. How? Well, he tells us that too. They're helpful for teaching. Scripture teaches us God's ways of thinking. It teaches us who God is and who we are in relationship to God. It teaches us about our identity as beloved sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father. It teaches us. Scripture is also helpful for refutation. Knowing Scripture helps us refute the lies that come at us from the world and the enemy and even our own self-deception. The more we know the truth of God's love through God's Word, the more easily we can refute the lies of the world. It's helpful for correction. God, God's Word can correct us. Every day we can get off course, sometimes a little, sometimes a lot. We all make mistakes. We fall. We fail. 
Scripture can help us spot our mistakes and course correct. And finally, Scripture is helpful for training. God's Word can train us for living in right relationship with God and with one another. It's an ongoing training, a daily training, just like athletes train every day. Scripture is useful for teaching, for refutation, for correction, and training. And all of that would be reason enough to get to know it. But there's another reason. Paul tells Timothy it's also helpful for good works. God gives us Scripture to reveal himself to us and make us like him. Reading, reflecting, applying Scripture can lead us, can equip us for good work that God has prepared for us to do, good work that will be left undone if we don't do it. Finally, Paul charges Timothy, in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, be persistent, whether it's convenient or inconvenient. Convince, reprimand, and encourage through all patience and teaching. Paul challenges Timothy here as a spiritual leader to prioritize preaching God's Word. As a pastor, this is especially relevant to me. He says, preach God's Word, not your Word. My job as pastor is not so much to stand up here and tell you what I think as it is to tell you what God says. And sometimes that's convenient and comforting, and sometimes it's challenging and uncomfortable, because there are things people just don't want to hear. Paul tells Timothy that people-pleasing should not be his goal as pastor. His faithfulness and loyalty to God's Word should be his priority. Paul instructs Timothy, finally, to convince, reprimand, and encourage to his preaching. Those three. As pastor, my job is to convince you of the truth of Scripture, which I try to do, encourage you, which I like to do, and reprimand you, which I do not like to do, but sometimes have to. You can ask around about my now famous get off the bus speech. <laughs> While these words are directed to Timothy as pastor and by extension to me and every pastor, we all can use God's word to help one another grow in faith. That's a big part of why we're here, to help one another grow. Another criticism leveled at us is that somehow we're Catholic light one of my colleagues has taken to calling us the Cupcake and Cappuccino Church. We don't even serve cappuccino. Maybe we should. But the implication is that we're an easy, comfortable kind of church that's not really a church for people serious about their faith. And nothing could be further from the truth. You know that. We want to be an easy and accessible church for newcomers, but we want to be a challenging church helping parishioners grow. We like to say we're a church that's easy to get into but not easy to stay in. So the goal of this week, if you haven't guessed, is to get more into God's Word, to do three things, read, reflect, and then rebuild, apply on a daily basis. If you're not sure where to begin or how to start, 
or what scripture to read, sign up for our daily devotional. We call it daily practice. We'll send you a few verses and a brief reflection every morning in your email. You can sign up by texting the, the word PRAY to our short code 88877. If you want to go deeper in scripture, then the devotional takes you. We've got more information on our website. It's churchnativity.com slash prayer. Or you can just stop by the Next Steps kiosk out on the concourse. In today's gospel, Jesus is teaching the importance, the indispensable importance of persistence when it comes to growing as a disciple. St. Paul actually emphasizes it too in his letter to Timothy. Knowing scripture requires persistence. And so it's one of the things we talk about a lot. If you're around here any amount of time at all, you know we're not really weird. We're just persistent. 